0: Today we want to talk about overcoming the difficulties of forgiveness. When someone offends us, it can be difficult for us to let it go. And sometimes we bury the hatchet with the handle sticking out so we can get a hold of it. So today we want to look at Luke 17 verses one through 10 as Jesus talks about the importance of forgiveness. Hi, this is Robert Furrow. If you're new here, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and ringing the bell. So you can get all of our new content in Luke chapter 17 and verses one through 10. Jesus talks about four things that are related to forgiveness. He first of all talks about the necessity of offenses, that offenses are going to happen. Then he talks about forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness. Then he talks about forgiveness, specifically when someone sins against you, repents, And then you forgive them. The disciples are a little shocked at the statement that Jesus gives, and so they ask that their faith could be increased. And Jesus talks about faith. Finally, Jesus talks about servanthood, that as servants, it is expected of us to forgive that when someone offends us, we want to forgive them. So let's take a look at it. Starting in Luke chapter 17, verse one, Jesus says to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. That is, it's going to be impossible to go through life without offending anyone or with anyone offending you. So forgiveness is something that you're going to have to deal with. We may not like the fact that Jesus says it's impossible that there are not going to be offenses. But if we know that, then we can determine that we are going to be men and women who forgive. It reminds me of what Jesus said in John 16 when he said in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. There are going to be difficulties and hardships, offenses and tribulations for Christians. This is part of the world that we live in. He also gives a warning at the end of verse one. He says "But woe to him through whom they come. Woe to the person whom those offenses come. And then he gives an extreme warning. He says it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Jesus is talking in one place about children in another place talking about new believers. But the warning is the same that offenses will have consequences, but there still needs to be forgiveness on our part. Listen to what Jesus says about forgiving. In verse three, he says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him and if he repents, forgive him." And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So this is a particular kind of forgiveness where someone offends you and then they repent and then you're supposed to forgive them. And like other places where Jesus shocked them by what he said, he shocked them by saying if they repent seven times after they offend you seven times, then you're to forgive them seven times. And this shocked them because at some point you would think they're not going to keep doing it seven times in one day. But this tells us the complete forgiveness that has to be let go. Now, some might read this passage and think that only when people repent are you supposed to forgive them. But the Bible teaches us that we are to forgive whether or not there is repentance. Restoration is an entirely different issue. There needs to be repentance and then maybe not even a restoration of the relationship. Let's take a look at four things that the Bible tells us about forgiveness. Number one, Jesus gives us an example of forgiving without repentance on the cross. He is being crucified and he prays Father forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And in the Greek that's in the continual. And so he gives us that example when someone is doing something to us that we would forgive them without having repentance. The Bible also teaches us that when we interact with God, if we have anything against someone, we're supposed to forgive them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. That is when we stand praying and asking God to forgive us. If we have anything against anyone, we're to forgive them repentance. Them repenting doesn't come into play here. Also we're taught in the Lord's prayer forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. So again no repentance required. The third thing we should talk about is how God forgives us. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 1:18, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they are red like crimson. I will make them like wool. What God wants from us is a reasoning about our sin. This is a confession telling God that we're sorry. Listen to what it says in Ephesians one seven. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It is by the blood of Jesus through the richness of his grace that our sins are forgiven. The Bible also tells us in Psalms 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. What a great thing. The east and west never meet and our sins are removed from us. It also says in Micah 719, he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities and will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. We have been forgiven such a great amount, and God is willing to cast our sins into the depths of the sea, and we should be willing to forgive those who have offended us as well. It's also important for us to understand that a lack of forgiveness can breed bitterness. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 431, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Malice is the desire that something bad would happen to them. What happens to us when someone offends us is that we want them to pay. And so we get angry at them. We don't want to let them go. We don't want to forgive them. And so being upset and angry at them, we're holding them hostage by our wrath, our malice. God says, let it all go. And then he goes on to say in verse 32 and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So we're to put away our anger, our malice, our clamor towards someone who offends us and walk in that forgiveness that God has given us. The Bible also tells us in Hebrews, chapter 12, 14 and 15 to pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord looking carefully, lest any fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this many have become defiled. That's such an important point, because when we hold unforgiveness in our lives, then we find that bitterness grows inside of us and that taints all relationships. And many have been defiled by that root of bitterness that causes trouble. Now when Jesus told them, if your brother offends you and repents, you have to forgive him. And if he does it seven times in one day, you've got to forgive him those seven times. The disciples response is, Lord, increase our faith. We need more faith to be able to do that. Jesus would respond by saying if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this tree be cast into the sea. In another point, he says, you can say to this mountain be cast into the sea. Now, this is a metaphor. We know that mountains aren't being cast into the sea and trees aren't being cast into the sea literally But mountains in your life have been removed. Mountains in my life have been removed. When we have faith the size of a mustard seed, a really good definition of faith is believing God enough to do what he says. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and faith is when you trust what God says enough to do it. And so when God says that we're supposed to forgive, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you might struggle with it. You might go through it, but you've got enough faith to be able to do what God's asking you to do. The Bible also tells us that each of us has been given a measure of faith. And then in Galatians five, through 23, we're told that one of the fruits of the spirit is faithfulness or faith. And in 1 Corinthians 12, nine, we're told that there's a gift of faith that God gives us. We have enough to be able to trust what God says to do what he says in his word and to reap the benefits of walking as faith. The Bible also tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. The final thing that Jesus tells his disciples is a story about a servant, a servant who takes care of his master first before he can take care of his own needs. And then we are encouraged that we are to be servants. Jesus told us that if we want to be great in the kingdom of God, then we need to become a servant to all. And the idea is, is that if you're a servant, forgiving someone is nothing special. You haven't done anything that's above and beyond. It is what is expected of us. Keith Green, the contemporary Christian artist who died in the late seventies had a song called Oh Lord, you're beautiful. And there's a line in the song where he says, and when I'm doing well, help me to never seek a crown for my reward is giving glory to you when we're doing well, forgiving people who offend us when people repent, offering forgiveness to them then we know that we're just doing the things that God calls us to do. Now, forgiveness is one of those things that's a lot easier to talk about than it is to do. So may God empower you to be able to walk in the forgiveness that God has given you. God has forgiven you a great debt. It should be easy for us to forgive people who offend us. God bless you. We'll see you next time on Hot Topics.